Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey guys, I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend and I hope you're all excited for the next episode of Show Your Scars podcast. Today, I'm pumped because I get to talk to someone who I met a few years ago, just virtually. I don't think we've actually ever met in person now that I think about it, but um, this person was past her collegiate playing career and I knew about her and the people she worked with just virtually and unfortunately she tore her ACL a couple years ago and we did a collaboration with ACL Club and the company she works for and it was so much fun just uh, empowering young athletes and I have today Shannon Faye from Soccer Girl Problems. So if you guys don't know Soccer Girl Problems, you gotta check them out on Instagram, on YouTube. These girls are flipping hilarious. They do the funniest videos. They just talk the truth about what us athlete girls, especially soccer players, go through. Um, and we make fun of ourselves about because that's the only way we can, I mean, we have to do that, right? Our funny tan lines, our black eyes, our bruises everywhere. So I'm excited to talk to Shannon because we talk everything from her youth of growing up in New York and how a family full of boys helped motivate her to become an athlete and how soccer girl problems started, how that helped her from the transition of being a collegiate athlete into quote unquote the real world. I don't know how much she would say this is really the real world. She probably feels like she's living a really cool dream and doing something she loves every single day. Actually, I know she feels that way in our conversation. She hinted at that. How she handled her ACL injury and what she did post-surgery. How smooth recoveries are still difficult. She said she had a smooth recovery, but it was still difficult motivating herself every day as far as keeping a positive attitude and how she used the time to fuel something new and become a health coach. Her routine that she would recommend to athletes now, a few things that she did, and then we end uh, with a few questions from you guys from Instagram. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation I had with Shannon. I think you will. She has a lot of good things to say, so here she is. Shannon, what's up? So happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so um, we're in the the day of a life of soccer girl problems, right? Are you, what's going on? You're probably in between meetings, hustling and bustling around, trying to get everything ready and organized, right? I I am still haven't showered today, but two work (laughs) afternoons, so. (laughs) Well, that's a typical soccer girl problem, right? Yep, dry yeah. shampoo with a lightsaber. Right, I love it. I know, what do we do without that? Jeez, we just look super greasy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you, you're living in New York, but you're from, you're from there, right? Where'd you grow up and what was childhood like for little Shannon? I'm from Long Island, so pretty close to uh, Manhattan where I live now, which is really nice because I can go home and do my laundry at my parents' house where I grew up. Um, but yeah, I loved growing up on Long Island. It's 
very soccer, you know, focused. Um, grew up with people who I ended up playing in college with, which is really cool. Um, I love the beach, so it's great. I can go to the beach, love surfing, um, and just being outdoors. It's just like a really nice place to to grow up. Yeah. Did you have siblings? What was what inspired you to play soccer? Because for me, that it was a, my sister. My older sister got to play, and I was like, "Wow, I, I want to do what she's doing." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had an older brother, um, and he also played soccer, so I just wanted to be like him. Um, I also grew up with. 15 male cousins oh my Um, gosh so always playing sports always you know ripping my dress getting my knees dirty and at family parties um yeah so I uh I always wanted to be involved um with athletics Mm -hmm. and was it always soccer did you play other sports growing up or were you always tuned into like I want to be a soccer player I actually um I grew up playing basketball and soccer so I played basketball two years in high school um we won state champs twice shout out St. John's Um, right jeez and I I love basketball but I wasn't tall enough um for college and I wasn't good enough to play um a point or shooting Mm -hmm. guard Mm -hmm. so um but I mean I had passions with both I love soccer I love playing it but I love watching basketball too yeah for sure there and there's so many skills um like one of the things I love about multi like sport athletes is you pick up skills in other sports that is so helpful in in your sport that maybe you're best at right like jumping and timing jumps I felt like was really helpful from basketball helped me be a good header of the ball or like shielding the ball like you block out all the time in basketball so like really playing a lot of sports can help you as you kind of navigate your way Absolutely. to figure out what what the best one is for you um so who yeah had... I mean I, Go ahead. I played a t- sorry I played a target forward so when I would be boxing out in basketball I would use that on the field so it was funny seeing tape of both sports and I would definitely <laughs> mimic different moves with each that's awesome I love that who who would you say maybe as a young person either athlete or just um, you know, just as a human, had the biggest impact on you growing up, whether, it, you know, it's a relative or a coach or someone in your immediate circle, right, that had the biggest influence on who you kind of became? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I have to, I mean, it's hard because so many cousins who played sports in college, and I kind of just felt like I would watch them and, and their you know, the roles they played on their teams. I think I really enjoyed seeing people learn to play not for themselves, but for their teams. Um, two of my cousins played basketball at Davidson. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, playing the next to Steph Curry, you're not going to be the best person on the court, but you're going to contribute something. And mm-hmm. kind of having that team mentality rather than all about me, 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 which I feel like happens a lot um, when you're younger. Right. But, so it was all 15 boy cousins that helped you find a team. Lots of male cousins. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so then w- once you started playing, you know, basketball was out of the equation and you were like, I want to play soccer. What was that like um, getting to play at the next level and getting to go play in college? Was it, you know, a little bit of a dream come true? Oh, absolutely. I think 
junior was when I decided where I was going to go. Um, and it was between Fairfield and another school. And when I finally made that decision, I was just so excited to know where I was going to be and know who I was going to be playing with and having as a coach and just like the feel of where I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so excited. And even going to preseason, I just felt like, how did I get so lucky? Like, how did I get here? I felt like I had to like almost fake it in the beginning. Um, just because everyone was so amazing, but, um, it was great. It was such an experience. Yeah. And nice to have people around you that you had already known and maybe make a new experience a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I, um, I played college ball with four of my club teammates, Yeah, which was crazy. Um, but it was, it was nice because we do, we did know each other's style of play and strengths, weaknesses. So, it was mm-hmm. good to bring that to the next level. Yeah. And from, you know, from youth sports to college sports, did you face many adversities? Did you have anything, an injury or anything that was difficult in your path that you had to overcome in that time? Um, so in college, I had plantar fasciitis. Um, oh, that is so was, painful. It is. And I'm a runner too. I'm a marathon runner and I, I've always loved running even in college. Um, in season, it was a little more difficult, but off season, I would love to go for long runs. Um, but in college, it definitely takes a toll on your feet. Um, just playing in cleats for that long with plantar fasciitis. Um, my senior year, I um, I ended up tearing my left arch in our um, final game of our tournament, uh, which was like just so disappointing. But I mean, I'm glad I got that far, so I got blessed that it held up for that long. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was pretty much the only big injury I had in school. Yeah. I was a big, um, I was really always in the training room, always making sure I could, you know, be careful not to have an injury happen. Mm-hmm. Were you already always pretty conscious about taking care of your body? Because now that's a big part of what you do for a living. But was that something that was instilled in you forever? Definitely. My, my parents are both very healthy. Um, they both are very conscious of what they eat and what they put into their bodies. So I think that definitely helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, As I moved to college, I didn't have to deal with the freshman 15. Right. (laughs) Um, Not that many soccer players do, but it definitely helped me um, stay healthy. I never really get sick just because of that. And just being aware of your body and listening to your body. I think I've always been pretty good at that. Right. And probably helped you years down the line when we'll, we'll kind of go into the uh, most recent injury that you had. But I got we got to talk about this because um, a lot of people are going to know you from Soccer Girl Problems, right? And yeah. can you tell people, like, how did this originate? And secondly, did you ever think in those moments of, like, when it was first starting, it would ever be what it is today? I definitely didn't think this is where we'd be today. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, but yeah. no, I didn't. Um, so it was 2011. I was a sophomore in college. And we were just, we were in between like our second and third session of the day, all kind of just complaining about our aches and pains and laughing about it. And we just started saying hashtag soccer girl problems or hashtag soccer girl problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when Twitter was just getting big. So I didn't, most people on our team didn't even have a Twitter. So um, my teammates, Carly and Alana and I kind of looked at each other and like, why don't we just make a Twitter and just start 
saying what we're all saying right now uh, and just put it out there. Mm -hmm. It'll just be like a fun way for our team to all see it. Um, And then it became our teammates told their own teammates, told their club teams, told their friends. Um, And it kind of just started growing. Um, And then, so that was in August. And in February, um, people started tweeting at us, make a video. And that was when, like, ship girlfriends say, ship boyfriends say was pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when we made our first video, Ship Soccer Girls Say. Um, We just carried an iPad and brought it around campus doing different things that soccer girls would do, like trying to get jeans on, um, (laughs) like crawling up the stairs after a session, um, just different stuff like that. Uh, And it ended up getting 2 million million views overnight, um, which is crazy. And we just thought it was going to be our friends and us seeing it. So we're getting all these crazy Facebook messages and emails and texts from people we haven't seen in years. Like, I think I just saw you on YouTube. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So then we just, we started making more videos. And then the following fall um, of 2012, we made our first three t-shirts, which was just lines, um, different lines from our videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, the most famous being I Can't I Have Soccer, which is still one of our best sellers. Because I don't know any soccer player who hasn't said that at least a dozen times. Yeah. That's so true. And that is just crazy. Kind of just, yeah. <laughs> Snowballed. and Snowball effect. Yeah, and it's cool to see that, um, you know, sometimes in life things happen, right, that you aren't really expecting, but you have to roll with the punches and, like, accept it for what it is whether it's you know something good or maybe something that was difficult and you have to find your way through it and you know this was a very good thing and but probably not anything you guys were ever expecting but it has turned into something so much beyond just like just these funny funny videos right it's funny videos that make people feel like they're part of something bigger Absolutely. I think like we just want a sisterhood and we want everyone to feel comfortable with who they are, comfortable in their own skin and know that they're not the only ones with these issues. And it's okay to laugh about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, what's and your I favorite? I definitely think being, oops, sorry. Nope, you go ahead. You had something. I, I definitely think that being teammates um, taught us, me, Carly, and Alana, how to work together. Um, at such a different level than if we were just business partners because we we know what we're best at, what we need to work on, how we can help each other, and that's what being a team is all about. That's really an interesting point because also you probably have dealt already with like that um, positive criticism, right? Like that that way to talk to people and be like, all right, this is working, but I think we can do better here. And not to be offended by that because that's how, what you do in a team environment every single day. Exactly. Once you're honest with yourself and you're like, okay, I can work on this more. It's just so much easier to get better. Mm-hmm. For sure. What's your um, all time, you personally, Shannon, your all time soccer girl prob? Uh, it's definitely the skinny jeans. <laughs> do you have calves? I was, that was me in the, in the first video. Um, I cannot stand jeans. I'm a leggings girl for life. Yeah. Um, so getting on skinny jeans and just trying to hop in them, like, it's it's not it's not my favorite. Right. I keep telling people of that recent, you guys had a post recently about those jeans with just the seams on them. Oh, yeah. And I, those are real. I know, they're real. And I think they're really expensive, aren't they? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and I just cracked up because that are those are the perfect jeans for soccer girls, right? Or for any athlete. Seriously. Like, we just are strong-legged humans, and so yeah. we don't have to be confined in, in jeans. It's better that way for everybody. Um, Absolutely. So that arch injury was really the, the toughest thing you dealt with in college, really probably post-college really too for the, that recovery since you said it was your senior year. Um, but what was that transition like for you? Because I think for you personally, your this major injury didn't happen that we're going to speak about until post, you know, career as a soccer player. So that transition of, you know, I could still play, but like what's next is a really difficult thing for people to get through. How did you handle that transition? Yeah, I think it's just so hard going from being, that's what you are, you're a soccer player to, okay, you graduate and that's it. Who am I now? I mean, you go, I know I, I was playing soccer a couple hours a day. I was training two times a day and it, it just, you go from zero to a hundred. Um, but I think it was a learning process. Luckily for us, like that I had soccer pods as a job. I still was able to be involved. Um, we were in a entrepreneurship program in Fairfield. So I still was able to be around the team and, and film with the team, which was nice. Um, but totally different aspects of it. I mean, you're not being paid to play. Um, you're not going to school and then having practice. You're having to balance a career and still try and stay in shape. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it, it. I think everyone deals with it differently, but knowing you're not the only one. We have so many people emailing us and tweeting us and just asking for um, like tips on how we did it. Um, but I think... You're always going to be a soccer player. You're just going to find out what else and who else you are. Yeah, that's that's so very true, right? We're not so one-dimensional, which we think we are, you know, when we lose something like the sport that we love, that it kind of brings out everything else that we really are and not just a soccer player or a basketball player or whatever it may be. Yep, exactly. It's just like when you go to tryouts, you're, you're scared, but if you're confident in yourself and you put yourself out there, you're going to do something great. Mm-hmm. So a couple years ago, 2015 is the Women's World Cup in Canada. And, you know, any girl that plays soccer, right, dreams of being at a World Cup. And in some way or another, you kind of got to fulfill that, right, and be a part of documenting this with Soccer Girl Props and being a part of the U.S.'s run to the champ- the, the World Cup title. Yeah, it was one of the best summers, maybe the best summer of my life. It was incredible. Um, we got to um, travel around Canada with Kick TV um, and follow the U.S. team for each of their games. Um, just meeting so many amazing soccer players. And, and that's one of the things I think um, we are so lucky as a, um, as a company and as just soccer players in general is you meet people that you would never meet or talk to um without the game so you can play pickup with someone that you would never meet if not for that sport mm-hmm. um so we've had a pickup game in each city that we went to and i know when we were in montreal when they played against germany i think we had like over 120 girls show up um That's and we incredible. had like backpacks as goals and we had to like you know try and get the colors of each team like jerseys to match because um there was just so many of us but it was such a cool and amazing experience 
Gosh, that is cool. And uh, in some ways, you know, just to stay with what you're passionate about because you might end up fulfilling your dream in one way or another. Yeah, I think I think that some there's so many careers and jobs around soccer. Even if you're not able to play at the next level, you can still be involved in more life. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that's such a cool experience. And um, the, I just love what you guys are doing. And I know we've collabed together on a, a T-shirt before, a tank top. And it's it's just fun to support other people who are doing, you know, inspiring a community of people in a similar way, right? Empowering them to, to know that like they're capable of great things. It's just, um, you know, your great might look different than somebody else's. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just, it's your journey and kind of owning that. So, um, I really like truly do admire everything you guys are doing over there. Yeah. And we admire you so much as well. It's awesome that so many people in the soccer community can work together um, it's funny. I was actually wearing our, the tank top that we collabed on this morning, and I was like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. Um, but it's all, it's it's great. There's just so many really great and talented people in the soccer world. Yeah, I I would totally agree, and um, it, I feel like we're really supportive of one another. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that we support each other. Like we have similar concepts and how we want to support our communities that we are doing. So, um, love, yep. love, love, love what you guys are doing. And, um, <laughs> a couple of years ago though, you know, you're in the thick of things. You're, you're working hard with, um, your team at soccer girl probs, but you encountered a hurdle that was maybe not something you probably at this time in your career ever thought was going to happen. Now you were playing, was it a men's pickup game or was it just a, a league game and what was that day like yeah. was it different in any way or was it just kind of a fluke like and did you know right away that you had torn your ACL well I thought I had got past that I thought I got lucky and got out of college so I didn't think it would ever happen to me yeah. um but I was playing in a men's league um Chelsea Piers in the city and um I had actually worked out earlier that day and was rushing to the game um and I did not warm up and I got onto the field, which was turf. I had regular cleats on, and I just went for a tackle, and I just knew something wasn't right. And I ended up having to crawl up the field and get in a taxi to get home. But um, I definitely regret not doing what I should have done and warming up before I got in the game. Yeah. And what what did your typical warm-up look like? You know, like just a jog and a stretch or were you – I mean, you're very yeah, I body mean, conscious. That, I like, mean, I don't know if it, it involved it anything else. It was cold. Uh huh. It was cold, and it's a long walk to get there. But I should have done a dynamic stretch. I should have got some touches on. I should have known. Okay, it's a turf field, not a great field. I should have put on my turf, you know, cleats instead of my um, regular outdoor cleats. Just little things that yeah. I mean, lesson learned. Um, but if I could give tips to anyone, it would just be, don't go like cold. Um, even if you're coming off the bench, get a quick warm up and yeah. quick stretch because you know your body. And I should have known that. I think it's really um, important that one of the things that we do as people who have gone through this is continue to remind these younger athletes who, you know, we've all been there, right? We feel invincible, like nothing will ever happen to us. And for a lot of people, nothing ever does happen. But um, I think the peace of mind of knowing like your body is your tool 
if you're an athlete, it's your tool. You have to take care of it. So um, you have to give it proper attention pre whatever your exercise is in order for it to perform perform correctly. And um, I just think that body awareness and like that self uh, responsibility and taking care of yourself is something that we have to start to really teach these young athletes. Absolutely. I think so many high school girls um, have told us stories about, you know, their coach or their parent told them to keep playing. Um, But you have to know, you know yourself and you know your body more. And if something doesn't feel right, don't do anything that, you know, not that you'll regret, but don't do anything that you don't feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So true. And And there's so many different ways that we can make sure that our body is at its best. And because ACLs are so popular in women's soccer, it's just little things that we could be doing. I mean, even with bands and just strengthening our knees and our legs that, yeah. Are so great for preventative injuries. So yeah, it's like ten minutes. You do ten yep. minutes if of work, it. yeah, before you get to start playing, and it can really um, change a lot of things within your the, the way your body moves. So, um, for you, you what was the journey like from that the cab to surgery? Right. So there's a lot of decisions that had to be made in that process. How did you go about making those decisions? Right. So I went to a doctor and I said my knee felt weird. They felt it, but I have such muscular legs. They didn't think anything was wrong. They thought just a minor sprain. And I was like, it's got to be more than that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up saying, I I want the MRI anyway. So I went back a couple days later and they said, yeah, you did tear your ACL. Um, And I kind of just started going into... um, just doing things to strengthen my legs more before the surgery, mm-hmm. um, just like pre-surgical physical therapy. Yeah. Um, but because it wasn't swollen, I was able to get the surgery like a week later. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. Which I was glad I wanted to just get it over with. Yeah. Um, so I did patella. What did you do? My first two were cadavers. And then um, my last okay. one was a patella, which I love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy with um with the decision to do the patella. Um I know the recovery does take a little bit longer, but I do think it was definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I have full range of motion now. I'm running marathons. I ran my first marathon, I think was 7 months later. Oh um, my gosh. So I had a very quick turnaround <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, I didn't play soccer that quickly. I was obviously more careful with that with you know changing direction and everything but I was going to physical therapy four times a week um I what's the machine called you know um right post-surgery when it it rotates your leg for you yeah CPM machine oh my gosh that was my savior Mm -hmm. you love that thing definitely I would (laughs) I loved it I would recommend that to anyone um and and then that the ice machine too was awesome mm-hmm. um do you feel like you had any was... like t- other tips that you felt like really helped you in that process that maybe people don't think about but you're like oh I really this was awesome I loved this hmm for like the like the days leading up after or the yeah just or... like uh just in your recovery process you know I know 
I know you're really big on, on nutrition and health. Like I would imagine that that would have been an X factor kind of in your recovery. I think, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but when you're not able to work out, it really, you know, changes my mood. So I loved, um, doing like I would do rope pulls or mm-hmm. I would do the arm bike, just something. So I felt like I was sweating a little bit and moving a little bit. Um, and I think more so than ever, I was really conscious of what I was eating and what I was putting into my body. Um, cause it's going to make your recovery easier if you're putting in the right, um, the right fuel, the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when I decided to become a health coach cause I wanted to kind of, show others what helped me um, feel the best. And it's so crazy too, you know, in these moments that are difficult, you know, it sounds like in general, your recovery was pretty smooth, but it doesn't make it any less difficult day to day, right? And the the constant trying of, you know, staying positive in, in this and that, but oh, you, yeah. <laughs> you use that time to help fuel something different, right? Like, like we were saying about losing soccer, you know, you're not a soccer player anymore, but it brings out other passions and you losing this ability to be physically active, which you had mentioned, you'd known since you were a young child, you know, in, in Long Island and growing up outdoors and this and that, that it allowed you to tap into something beyond that and helped you become a, a health coach. Definitely. I think out of a negative um, injury, a really positive experience and outlook and just different things came from it so I really do feel like I was blessed that it happened because I learned more about myself Um, I became a health coach I became a personal trainer um, and I just learned more than ever the ways to make sure that you're keeping yourself as healthy as possible Mm -hmm. what you mentioned that you learned a lot about yourself can you think of any characteristics that were really I, I like to think of them as like spotlighted right because I think character is something that we've always we all have within us, but when push comes to shove, it really reveals what our true character is. Um, what are some of the lessons that you did learn in this process? I think patience was a big one, um, because although you want to do as much as you can, as quick as you can, being patient and allowing yourself to do the process correctly and listen to what your therapist and trainers are telling you is so important. Um, I was definitely impatient beforehand and I had to learn patience with this. Um, as you said, like being positive, that was huge. Cause so many days I would want to feel negative about the progress, but if you have a positive outlook and a positive mindset, it's going to totally change this process and, and in general being positive. Um, so I definitely think that came from it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think just being determined, um, having a goal in mind and knowing it's going to be reached um, and that it's attainable, but you have to have little small goals um, on the way, which is one of one of my therapists had said to me, like, okay, you're going to get on the soccer field again, but what are we going to do in a month from now? What do we want to see progress wise? Mm -hmm. Um, And when you hit that little goal, you feel great. So I think in general in life, that's important to have. Yeah those small wins, those small goals that you can get to, especially in a process that can seem so overwhelming and in the moments when you can't even walk to think that you're going to play soccer again can almost break you down. If you don't have that 
focus on what's straight in front of you, right? Like losing one crutch and then the next crutch and then your brace, those little small wins are all um, worth celebrating. And you, you mentioned a little bit how this is, you know, a mentally exhausting process. What did you do on the mental and emotional side that you felt like helped you? And, And this can range from anything like, was there was there books that you read that really helped you through or was there a quote that you that really stuck with you throughout the process that helped you get through those tough days hmm. i read so much i wish i could give titles for things that i've read i'll probably text you after this okay awesome <laughs> um, but i think speaking to other people who went through um like similar situations um because it is such a common thing. It was nice to hear different tips and advice. I think I even like tweeted it from soccer pods and the amount of like great um, response that I received, it made me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just, just having a community of people, I mean, as you've done, it's incredible because it doesn't make you feel alone. Just like what we do with soccer pods, Mm -hmm. having other people around you that know you know are in similar situations and know what you're going through makes it feel a lot easier to deal with Mm -hmm. if you could go back and you know what you learned throughout the whole process and go back and tell yourself one thing before this started what would you tell yourself Mm, that's a great question um this is like pre-injury or or like post like right after yeah if Either one, whatever hits you hardest, you know, if you, if the actual process was of going through the rehab was difficult for you, or maybe it was what you learned after, you know, you were back. And I would say maybe from now, like what you know now to what you knew before this process started, you were injured, but like, if you would have told yourself this, maybe it would have helped you through. Right. Um, I think, again, the day-by-day thing, just mm-hmm. taking it one day at a time, um, it just makes it less stressful um, and just easier to get through the day. Um, this is what I'm going to do today. This is how it's going to help me get better. Um, and just setting those small goals. I think that's what helped me. Yeah. Um, I think it took a few weeks before I started to feel like that. I definitely, the first few weeks after, um, just wasn't I wasn't hopeful so I think just having like that hope and knowing that that you're going to get through it but even that Shannon like that's so honest and I think people will attach like find a lot of support in that because it isn't like you don't feel hopeful right you're on your couch in your bed the majority of of the time coming from being a really active person and it's hard to see what's beyond that right and to think how you're going to get through the next 24 hours, let alone eight months of what you're going through. So that's really just yeah. nice to be honest and vulnerable like that. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, every journey is going to be different, but if you can just be, you know, as hopeful as possible, as soon as possible, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to make it easier. Right. And you mentioned you're a personal trainer now. What, do you do on a weekly basis? Cause now your, your year is past that, right? That was two years ago about. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What's your day daily routine? Is there stuff that you still incorporate to make sure that, um, 
you know, you mentioned pre pre you didn't warm up before that time you got injured. I bet your routine is a little bit more honed in these days. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, every week's different, but I do, I work um, at soccer probs during the day and I do my training, um, my personal training in the morning and at night. So most of my clients um, are people who used to play college sports. Um, oh, cool. So they have that similar mindset to me yeah. where they really want to push themselves, but our bodies are different depending on, you know, what age we are, what we're doing and just different um you know, aspects of our health. So I have everyone do different types of warmups, but I never have someone just come in and, and go into it without prepping their body for, for what they're going to be doing for the next hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think warm up, I think cool downs, they're so important. They're just as important as the work you do in between. Yeah. Is there anything that you I, le- learned in the process or maybe since then as a personal trainer? that you're like, oh, I wish I would have been doing this, like, like foam rolling or using a ball on like my lower lower calves (laughs) was something I learned like way later in the process. And I was like, wow, I feel like I can run so much better when there's like some mobility there. (laughs) I totally agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So don't just listen to us. You really do foam roll people. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love foam rolling. I do it so much now. It's great. Um, I also definitely incorporate more yoga into my workout routine because I think post-college I still was trying really hard to like prep as if I was training for preseason and just putting my body through a lot. And now I'm more conscious of, okay, I can go for a walk and do yoga today. I don't need to do, you know, 20, 100 yard sprints. And that's okay to do that too. But you just have to be aware that, Again, you have to listen to your body. And different days, your body's going to feel differently. It doesn't mean you have to burn 800 calories when you work out. Maybe just do something yeah. that, that in that moment your body feels like it's right. Go yeah. for a jog or go for a walk or, you know, do yoga, whatever feels right that day. And instilling in yourself almost this uh, respect and saying, like, you know, that's just as good as that hard workout and saying like, by listening to my body, it's not, it's not that I'm weak. It's that I'm like actually a lot stronger because I didn't push myself to the max, which allowed me to then be better tomorrow and the next day. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think over time, once you start doing that, it's it's a lot easier to see, okay, this is working and I am feeling better because I'm listening to myself mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I've loved everything you have to say. I have a couple questions from some people from Instagram. Um, Juliana underscore Kelvin said, I have my second ACL surgery today and I am nervous. Any tips? <sighs> Juliana, don't be nervous. You've gone through it once before. So at least you have some sort of an idea of how you're going to feel. Um, I think have a nice setup in the car because that was great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long her car ride home will be, but I remember people telling me, make sure you have pillows to prop up your leg. Make sure you have enough space in your back seat or whatever kind of car you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the CPT machine, is that is that what it's called? CPM. Yeah. CPM. <laughs> your brain is trying CPM to forget machine. it. Forget it. <laughs> I know, right? I loved it, but I hated it. Yeah. I mean, that was so important to just get going um Mm -hmm. as soon as possible and just like 
I'm always iced things as much as I can. So when I yeah. had my ACL, I was icing it as much as possible. Me too. I think that's definitely helped alleviate the pain. Yeah. the And it is. It's like, it's so much about the swelling, but at that point it is too about the pain. So I think those are, those are great tips. Um, okay. And, and don't be afraid to ask questions. If there's yeah. something that you have a question about, I'm sure your doctor has heard it so many times. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask anything. Even if you think it's a dumb question, there are no dumb questions. Word. That is a good one. <laughs> Sophia Natalie nine said, how did you get past the physical stage of um, tearing your ACL? But I think what she really wants to know is this mental stage. What was your biggest fear when you came back to play after being out for so long? The first time getting on the field, I was so scared. I was just going to do it again. I just had to get past that first 10 minutes playing in a game and I was like okay I'm back Mm -hmm. Um, I think just getting through that like that nervousness and that scared feeling that you're going to do something Mm -hmm. to go along with that I Sophia I grabbed someone on my team and told them I was nervous and I said I need like I need you to just give me the ball and then no matter what I do like (laughs) just be positive with me right like that's a great yeah right you need to like build this team because nobody really knows what you're going through internally but if you can bring somebody into that and and them feel like they're part of your recovery too it's not only going to empower them to feel like they're helping you but like you're going to feel the support from your team and it's like a win-win situation Um, yeah i totally agree with that we had a um we had an acl penny on our team so when you came back from an acl injury it was like a pink penny with sparkles on it and it kind of told everyone all right give her you know give her some space you don't have to tackle her right away right let her get some touches in um and it just boosts your confidence and your self-esteem right and like you knew who you had to give the sparkles to the sparkler over there (laughs) if they were glittering you had to give them compliments Yeah, and you looked cool. You looked super cool. Um, just being Libby, last question here. Just being Libby said, what are the hardest things for you mentally during the first few weeks? Um, definitely the positivity. Um, not that this one's mental, but sleeping was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I was so emotional because I wasn't sleeping well. Yeah. Um, so if there are different ways, I mean, sleeping, I don't sleep on my back. So that was like so oh, frustrating. I think yeah. I would sleep like a few hours a night. Um, and then my whole day would be thrown off and I would be more negative because of it. So um, getting rest and just allowing yourself to rest um, and throwing out the best way to do that. Yeah. One of the things I really found a good hack to, in my later surgeries was getting a like a wedged pillow so when you were lying on yep. your back like that wedged pillow really helped at least like get your leg in a position where one I think you felt like it was safe and it wasn't going to go anywhere or like yeah. a pillow wasn't going to move and so that fear yep. was kind of gone but it'll that'll also allowed you to relax a little so Sophia I would also say maybe or I mean that's Libby just being Libby maybe get a get a wedge pillow and that'll ease your mind a little bit, at least when you're sleeping, but it's tough. Like, and I think it's okay to say it's tough, right? It's not going to be easy. I also think a big part of it was feeling isolated and feeling like you weren't part of your team anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially in college with injuries or in high school, when you're not going to games or practices right away, you feel kind of like you're not a part of the team. 
Um, so as soon as I was able to like go and do that still, it made me feel like I was, yeah. um, or just having invite some of your teammates over and, and, you know, what's going on. Tell me about practice. How was the game? Mm-hmm. It'll just make you still feel involved. Right. Yep. I think that's good too. Um, all right. With some people, we got, we got a little bit more time, so I'm going to use these last couple of minutes and do like a fun rapid fire with you. Boo, 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 boo. Cool. Um, I need a, I need to insert some kind of noise effect there, but I don't have one or sound effect. So I just make them up every time. Um, I like that. All right, Shannon, what is your favorite color? Turquoise. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Favorite book? Oh, I can't, I can't do that rapidly. That's okay. Um, you can text me that later too. <laughs> I can't think. Um, what's the last song you sang to in the car? I don't even know if you have a car in New York, the subway. I don't know. I whatever. don't have a car, but we were just singing. Um, oh, uh, Lizzo. Do you know Lizzo? No. I was just singing her in my office. No, I don't. Oh Maybe my gosh, she's great. That. Yeah. Um, okay, something. Now I'm writing that down. Got to do that. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Good as hell is the song. What is it? It's good as hell is okay. the song by Lizzo. It... Okay. Got it. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um, well, I guess when people like chew with their mouth open. Mm, nobody likes that. Does it have to be soccer related? No. Is it soccer related? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But if it is soccer related, you sounded like you had something. Uh, when you're wide open in front of the goal and someone takes a crappy shot. Oh, just want to kick him in the shins. Uh, <laughs> early riser or night owl? Night owl. Um, but what... I still have to early rise, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite item in your closet? I think you maybe already mentioned this. <laughs> my favorite item in my closet. I guess my, my Olympic jacket, I love, um, we have these custom Nike Olympic jackets made and I never even like worn it outside, but it's just like the most beautiful thing that like I can just look at. Yeah. That's pretty dope. That sounds awesome. What did, what did you think I mentioned earlier? Oh, your leggings. (laughs) Oh, wow. Those are in my closet. Those are my drawers and I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) You're in your drawers or your dirty laundry hamper. Um, (laughs) what's your favorite alternative workout so something not soccer what's your go running running um who's your favorite teammate ever or actually i'm gonna change this one who is the person that you wish would have been your teammate anybody it could be anybody Ooh, my grandpa your grandpa oh grandpa he tells the best stories of of when he played baseball um like in japan and played football in college and he just sounds like he was a badass that's rad i love that if you left for vacation today where would you choose to go new zealand oh gosh that's like on very high on my list right now i want to go there so bad it's high on my bucket list i gotta do it yep okay last thing if you had a superpower what superpower would you choose I think to be able to swim underwater for as long as I could. Mermaid. Mermaid power. <laughs> Would you have the um, 
the sparkly fin as yeah, well. I mean, yeah. yeah, I have to, right? Um, great, <laughs> great superpower. Shannon, really, thank you so much. I think you said a lot of great things that it's going to help so many people. And um, maybe just reemphasize to them right now where they can follow you guys as you continue with what you're doing at Soccer Girl Props. Awesome. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at at soccer, G-R-L, probs, P-R-O-B-S. Great. Well, the one last thing I like to ask everybody before um, they leave the podcast is that it's called Show Your Scars, the podcast is. So what does showing your scars or what do your scars mean to you? I think my scars tell the journey of where I've been and why I'm where I am today. Love it. Short and sweet and powerful, right? <laughs> All right, Shannon, you, you enjoy the rest of the day. I'm sure you're, you're running on to the next thing to go work somebody out. But um, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Well, there it is. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Shannon. She had so many good things to say. I love what she said there at the end. Just short and simple about what her scars mean to her. If you guys haven't yet, I would just write that down. It helps motivate you. It helps you remember that these wounds on our body that have turned into these scars are are a beautiful reminder of how strong we really are. So as always, I just thank you guys for your time, for listening. If you have time to write a review, that would mean the world to me. Uh, send me an email, whatever it is, on who you want to hear from next. I have some cool guests lined up, and I'm excited to share their stories with you. But always, this is about you guys, so go out there today and show your scars with pride. 